Welcome to the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCready and featuring Zach Barry of Red Cup Rebellion, the Soft Verbal Podcast is your number one podcast dedicated to Ole Miss football and basketball recruiting. Featuring guests from throughout the Rivals.com network, the Soft Verbal Podcast tells you what is happening and what's going to happen on the recruiting trail. And it does it in style, just like Dead Soxie. Visit DeadSoxie.com and enter promo code RebelGrove at checkout for 30% off your order of the best dress socks you'll ever wear. Now... Here's your host, Neil McCready. Welcome to another edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. I'm Neil McCready, Zach Berry with me as well. We'll talk some uh, football recruiting, some basketball recruiting. We're going to get into a really serious conversation about who would win Zach's dream team or my dream team, challenging dream team. So uh, we'll really, we'll really uh, titillate you with that, I'm sure. Before we get into that, I want to tell you about Dead Soxy. It's deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. They're having their support sale we've been telling you about for a while. They stayed open mainly so that they could keep their people employed, keep their people fed here in this really weird pandemic time, and uh, you all can benefit from it. You can uh, support them, support their employees, and uh, get yourself a Absolute boatload of bargains there at Dead Soxy. $6 socks, $9 socks, $11 socks, all at Dead Soxy. If you've never tried Dead Soxy before, now's the time. Go grab you. Say, hey, I don't really want to spend much. Okay. Get you a couple of $6 pairs. Try them. You're going to love them. The no-shows don't slip. They stay right in place the entire time. And the, uh, the formal dress sock, beyond looking incredible, they stay cool even in these summer months, and they stay up. You you will pull them up one time when you put them on, and you will not pull them up again. They stay up. They're they're um, they're remarkable. It's a remarkable product. Very very stylish, and uh, you'll love them. Uh, the people there are fantastic. They've been great to us over the years, and they have sponsored this show. I don't know for a couple of years now. So go to deadsoxy.com. There's no promo code or any of that stuff. It's uh. It's it's just perfect, and uh, they wanted me to tell you, uh, the rebelgrove.com subscribers, the, the uh, soft verbal listeners, how much they appreciate all of the uh, support and the feedback on the new concept designs for Father's Day. So it'd be a great Father's Day gift as well. So deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios, Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes and business hours. Right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote, and the rest is up to you. Um, at the very least, get a quote. It's going to stop you from getting kind of screwed over somewhere else. At the most, it's going to get you into a Clark Ford, which I highly recommend. We've got three of them in my driveway. Uh, so I'm, I'm sold on Clark Ford. Corey wants to be your car guy. He wants to be your truck guy. He'll prove that to you when you call the number 662 257 1900. Zach, how are you today? Neil, I'm doing great. It is a lovely day here in Nashville. Um, I will say, I don't know if you've had it. I, I know that you're kind of hesitant about fast food, but uh, I had to run out to get some provisions. Uh, I had to get some more baby food um, and figured I'd take the opportunity to finally get the Popeye's chicken sandwich from my wife and uh, she tried it <laughs> and um, I was surprised because she she stands for Chick-fil-A um, pretty pretty hard and yeah. she was 
actually like, okay, yeah, this is really, really good. Um, if I, if, and I don't know if you've had it or not, I would recommend the spicy over the original. Um, but I, I have not had it. My son Carson, however, has had it and is a giant fan. And if he has the option of getting it really over any other meal with the possible exception of tacos, he mm. he's in, um, he, that is a treat. I've seen him demolish two of them in a in a uh, in a, in a sitting. So wow, oh, yeah. okay. So uh, yeah, because those are some big sandwiches. Big sandwiches, yeah. It's the benefit of being thirteen and having a metabolism that 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 just goes and goes <laughs> and goes and goes and goes. Uh, yeah, you can kind of eat whatever the hell you want. You know, like last night he came down. He said, "Hey, I'm, I'm going to get a snack." It was like five o'clock, and dinner was an hour and a half away. We're like, "Okay, well, you know, be cool." And he's like, "All right." And so he's got this giant plate of sausage. And you're like, yeah, if I did that, I'd be so sick. But, you know, he's 13. Do whatever you want. That is a uh, – man, I miss that. I miss I miss metabolism. That was great. But uh, other than that, um, yeah, just I – mean, that's when that's the highlight of my day, going to get baby food at the store and uh, getting a Popeye sandwich, you know that there's not much going on these days. <laughs> um, I will say, since this is a recruiting podcast – Yes. Um, there was a little bit of breaking news earlier today. Yeah, I've been podcasting all morning. So for the people who don't have ESPN 13 at home, uh, they did not see me. I've taped a uh, beer garden where I taught uh, pro football with Neil Stratton. I just got through taping A Mind on My Money with Martin Palomo and uh, Alex McDaniel. And so now I'm talking to you. I have, uh, I've, I've, been, I've been podcasting since 10 a.m. So I don't know what has happened in the, in the real world. So... Earlier today, I think it was around 11 o'clock Central Time, the number one player in the country, Corey Foreman, uh, who was committed to Clemson, has decommitted. And I'm actually trying to find when – because this is a huge deal because Clemson rarely has decommits. And I want to say that Dabo and his staff are very – they're very particular about how they do things because we've already discussed the – if you're committed elsewhere, you can't visit there. And then once you visit and commit, you can't take any more visits. That's it. And if you do, they drop you. Um, because that was a whole situation with Jerry Neely. You know, he was committed to Ole Miss. He decommitted just so he could go visit. Uh, but I'm trying to see when the last time they had a decommit was, but I'm not being able to find it. But anyway, that was I, I thought that was kind of a big deal. They've um, run a really tight ship in regards to that for a while now. I mean, a lot of people criticize it, but it's worked for them. I don't know that you could pull that off at a lot of places. Like I don't, I don't know that Mike Leach could could do that at Mississippi State and, and be successful right away. But I'll give I'll give Dabo credit. They, that's been their policy for a while. They've stuck to it, and it's obviously worked for them. When you win at that level that they do, and you recruit at that level, it's you know it's kind of next man up. So yeah. Um, now I'm sure they're going to continue to recruit Mr. Foreman. Uh, I think that he is going to. I don't know when. I think he's orig- uh, I think he's going to commit to Southern Cal and Clay Helton. He's from Corona, California, um, so he's got offers from everybody. So it wasn't a shock that he picked Clemson. Clemson's had success out in California, but I think he's going to be a Trojan. Sooner rather than later. Um, and now this is a hell of a segue here. Um, staying in California, earlier today, one Lane Kiffin tweeted out a uh, an article that I posted in the Chicks 
Um, it was a Sports Illustrated article about former five-star quarterback, former Southern Cal quarterback, JT Daniels, who's now in the transfer portal. Yeah, I've pulled it up here. It is Andrew Dowdy's uh, weekly extra mustard column. He leads so that you don't get thrown off. He leads with a, a commentary about The Last Dance, the, the documentary about Michael Jordan and the 97-98 Bulls. And then the second item is about five-star quarterbacks, and he talks about one JT Daniels. So Lane tweeted out just the link earlier, quickly deleted it, and uh, just retweeted it. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, who knows? Who knows what Lane's doing? Uh, I was able to get a screenshot, so I put the screenshot up on on the chicks just to, you know, emphasize that he actually tweeted out the the article at one point. But um, so... There's not much to you know really say here aside from the past uh, recruiting interactions that they've had. Lane was at Alabama. JT Daniels was a highly regarded quarterback out at Modern Day, which is a powerhouse. And um, I am drawing a blank on what city in California they are in, but uh, just an absolute just juggernaut of a high school program. They churn out blue chip player after blue chip player every single year. Um, so Lane has some interactions there. He's certainly talked with JT uh, when he was recruiting for Alabama. But um, this is an interesting topic, and I know that we can talk about this till we're blue in the face, but we still don't know if they're going to have college football and you know if and when. But the thing for me that's so interesting, and, and we actually talked with Ryan Nanny last night on our show um, of Banner Society and SB Nation, we were asking him what he thought Lane Kiffin would do with the quarterback position because it's such a weird, peculiar conundrum with John Rice Plumley and how you know good he was running the football last year. And look, the, the concerns of his arm are there. Everybody is well aware that you know, he has to get better. It, you know, Is he going to go with Matt Corral, the guy who can really throw it? Or will he try to bring in a guy like JT Daniels? Um, you know, for you, I know that it would have really benefited the staff in this program if they could have seen these guys in the spring to kind of, okay, this is what we got. Let's go from here. Yeah. Um, and then, hey, I mean, hell, I'm, I'm forgetting Grant Tisdale, another former four-star that's that came back, and he wants to give it a go one more time. Yeah. Um, Kincaid Den is there. Yeah. yeah Kincaid Den. There's, um, so, there's, there's a bunch of bodies in that room that – they would have, you know, one, it's I'm kind of giving away some content here. Um, one of the things I'm kind of working on is the questions that didn't get answered because there was no spring. And and, mm-hmm. one, and one of them is I think there would have been a certain processing, if you will, at the, in the spring, especially at quarterback. It's difficult for me to believe that they would have had 15 practices, 14 practices in a Grove Bowl. And at the end of that, that all of those quarterbacks would have stayed. I, I maybe it's maybe certainly it's possible. I just don't think that. And so, but without that, there's no, there is no even semblance of a pecking order right now. If you take them at their word, and I do, that they're not going to make these evaluations based on what they've done in the past. Um, right. If you if you believe that, then they've just got this homogenous blob at quarterback that they don't really know what they have, and those kids like if you're Grant Tisdale. How can you know today? Yes, I'm in the plans, or no, I'm not in the plans. You can't. You have to guess, and I don't. What, what, I don't even know what you'd be guessing on 
So it, it's, you know, kids that I think may have said, hey, you know what, I am going to enter the portal and I'm going to go to wherever. Now they still could because I think this one-time transfer thing is probably going to pass. It applies to football too, which is we've all been obsessed with basketball because it's been basketball recruiting, but it could affect football too. But, um, yeah, it, it's – it's if you're if you're any of those guys, any of those four guys, how can you feel? Yeah, it's my job, or it's not my job, or I'm second, or I'm third, or I'm fourth, or how could you possibly know? You you, you can't. And that that would be something that if I was in that position, I would be upset that there's been no spring football because that's your chance to prove that that you you belong and and you need to be in the hunt for the starting job. So now it's just even more unknowns and. And, and then now we have this former number one overall player in the country, JT Daniels. Uh, Modern day is in Santa Ana, in case those of you were frantically searching uh, <laughs> or waiting on me to tell you. Um, now you have this guy that's thrown in there. Um, he can go wherever he wants, essentially. I don't know if he'll be able to go anywhere in the Pac-12. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, this pandemic has really just changed the whole landscape of how things work. Um, me personally, if I was him, I'd go to Oregon. Uh, they have a vacancy now that Justin Herbert is gone, and they have a hell of a team and uh, a really good offensive line. Mario Cristobal is doing a lot of good things, and uh, they seem to have a knack for uh, collecting skill players up there. But anyway, so let me get, let me give you some stats on him real quick because I, I bet a lot of people who don't follow Pac-12 closely forget this. He was uh, two sixteen for three sixty three in twenty eighteen. 59.5% completion, threw for 2,672 yards, 14 touchdowns, 10 picks. Uh, he had a quarterback rating of 128.6. Last year, uh, he he only played sparingly, <clears throat> had the injury against um, Fresno State, I believe, where he tore the ACL, mm-hmm. tore the meniscus. Uh, he's 25 for 34, 73.5, 215 yards, a touchdown, a pick, a 130.5 rating. He's um he's he's a he's originally he's originally from Irvine. He's I'm trying to get his his size and stuff. He's a big prototypical sort of looking kid. I mean, he was he was a five star coming out of coming out of high school. Um he's he's just kind of it'd be difficult for me to believe that Ole Miss would have a shot at him and they wouldn't take him. Six three two oh nine, right. by the way. Yeah, he's he's an ideal fit in terms of build, arm, um, and the thing that that struck me, and and I know some people were like, yeah, like he, you know, he was okay, like he he did some good things, but he also, um, you know, he threw a lot of interceptions. And look, I know he was a he's a true freshman, and also let's keep in mind, and I don't know if you're privy to this, Neil, but he graduated a full year early from high school, not a semester, a full year. So he is just now turning 20. So he was essentially playing power five college football when he should have been in high school as a senior, just now starting his senior season. Um, and they love him there. I know for a fact from talking to people um, who, who cover that program that, that he's one of those guys that if he, if he explored his options and picked up the phone and called USC back and said, I, I think I want to stay, they'd say, cool. Yeah. Very respected well, in the program. And listen, if this thing passes, he's got three years of eligibility. Maybe four, exactly. depending on depending on how they do the red shirt deal with the medical and all that stuff, which is kind of hard to predict. 
but mm-hmm. he has he has three full years of eligibility. And and looking at his stats, I'll tell you the thing that jumped out to me, um, just kind of the consistency to put up numbers against either good teams or in you know clutch situations or games where it was high scoring. So just kind of a wide array of of of, of a game log here. So against a top five Notre Dame. He threw for 349, only one touchdown, but he completed 73% of his passes. Um, in a shootout against Washington State, threw for 241 and three touchdowns. They won 39-36 that game. Uh, they won uh, against a top 20 Colorado. He threw for 283, three touchdowns. Um, so he he's, shows a you know a big play knack. He, he, he's a guy that really drives the football down the field. Uh, this was back when... I believe the uh, the Trojans had um, Amon Ross St. Brown, who uh, is a big play threat. They had a ton of other guys that can get down the field, but that's something that John Rice couldn't do last season for Ole Miss. And so once people kind of figured out what Ole Miss was doing, they would stack the box and they weren't able to really do anything. And that's something that you know Matt Corral obviously brings to the table is he can extend the field, he can take the top off. Um, but it's a new staff and it's a new scheme and all that. So I, I'm interested to see if Kiffin and Jeff Levy are going to kick the tires on JT Daniels. Now I'll, I'll throw this back at you, Neil. Lane Kiffin is going to want to win now. Like that, look, there, there's a ton of rebuild that needs to be done. They're still getting back to full strength in terms of scholarship players. There's trying to build that quality depth that we always talk about on this show. But look, it, it, this is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately society. This is a instant gratification society. Lane Kiffin wants to win as soon as possible. He doesn't want this 5-7, and 6-6, six and six, you know, 8-4 and four slope. Like he, he would love to win 8-9 games if he can in his first year. If JT Daniels gives him that chance, that opportunity, he's going to do it. I, I don't think there's any doubt. Well, Lane Kiffin has no commitment of, of any sort. No tie to to Matt Corral. He has no tie to John Rice Plumley to Grant Tisdale, other than you know Grant and and I presume Matt came to him and said, "Hey, kind of, I was going to leave. I'd like to stay and give it a shot here." Okay, that's about the extent of it, right? I mean, I'm sure they've you know had some interactions or whatnot, but there's no. He didn't sign those guys. He didn't recruit those guys. He's not committed to those guys. Um, He's under no obligation whatsoever. To, there's no promises to live up to. Um, yeah, I mean, beyond just wanting to win, and obviously, yeah, he wants to win. He wants to win right away. But beyond that, there's there's just no – he wasn't in the living room with John Rice Plumley or with, with Matt Corral or Grant Tisdale. He didn't make any promises. He, he can go out and get whoever he wants to get, and if they get sour about it, so, I mean, that's that's his thing. So, in some ways, that's the advantage of where he is right now. And and, mm-hmm. and having not seen any spring, he has nothing to go on. And, and here's the other thing. Let's say we get a season. Please, dear God. Um, let's <laughs> say we get a season. I don't think we're going to get an extended camp. I, I don't. I, I don't think that's in the cards. I really don't. Unless it's in the spring where they get a six, seven week January, February buildup to a season, which I guess is conceivable. But in a fall season, I think it's going to be a short camp, if you will. If that's the deal, it's wide open. I mean, it's it's 
it's who can best learn this, pick it up, get us ready to win game one. Mm-hmm. And so it might even be a deal that's it's a competition the whole year in that scenario. And that's where, a, whether it's JT Daniels or someone like that, I, I, I think Kiffin was going to be pretty active in the transfer market. And, you know, I, I, he was hoping, he, he's been on record as saying this, he was hoping to have the spring to evaluate how guys respond to his coaching, to his staff's coaching, how they look in their systems, and then go from there, figure out, okay, here's what we have, here's what we don't have, and then fill in the gaps. Well, now you might have no choice but to go, you know what, we're not sure here, so let's go get, let's go fill in a gap. And uh, I don't know whether quarterback's that or not. I mean, you know, he's been very careful when he gets asked questions about Matt Corral, about uh, John Rice Plumley. He's been very careful to give pretty stock answers about, you know, they do some good things. I like them. They've done, he's talented. He is whatever. But his, if, you, if you pay attention to the answer, the answer is every time, essentially, I don't know. I haven't seen it. And the kind of a, a caveat, cop out, a loophole, whatever you want to call it. You don't want to rely on what you've done in past seasons in a different scheme. But with JT Daniels, Lane Kiffin has seen a full season at the Power 5 level. Yeah. Grant Tisdale hasn't been able to do much. A couple good throws against Alabama. That's it. John Rice Plumley, a pl- lot of good plays. Incredible athleticism, big playability, but it was in virtually a single-wing offense. Matt Corral, you've seen him do some things. Um, he's made some big throws. Uh, he's had to deal with some nagging injuries. But, you know, he hasn't seen a full season from any of the guys that are in his room right now. JT Daniels, he's seen a full season. Yeah, and I have to think that he was at Alabama. Let's see, his last year at Alabama was 16. I think it was, yes. He was probably, this kid was probably on their radar. Alabama was recruiting at a a very national level. Mm -hmm. I have to think that, and I don't know this, it'd be interesting to know, I'd have to think that he given his California roots and given where he was, that this kid was on the radar. Uh, Absolutely. In in 2017, he was 262 of 365, 4,123 yards, 52 touchdowns, and four picks. Hmm. Was that any good? Um, Well, the four picks are – I mean, think about that. That's (laughs) that's a pick every four games. I mean, that's that's bad decision-making. I mean, you can't can't have that. I mean, the point is is that he's seen this kid. We're we're speculating – but the fact that he did hit the retweet button. Mm-hmm. Now maybe it's Lane Kiffin doing some trolling. Maybe it's yeah. Lane, maybe it's Lane Kiffin having a little fun. Maybe Lane likes the kid and he's just trying to get his name out there because Lane's got a lot of followers. And it might be Lane going, "Hey, JT." But I have to think. My guess would be Ole Miss has reached out to him, and that this was Lane Kiffin trying to. I think so. Have a little fun, tweak things a little. It makes it makes sense. Look, I, I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not going to rip the kids. I'm just not. There was there was the first year, and and I still believe Matt Corral was going to do some good things before he got hurt. But if you're going to go with Plumley long term as your quarterback, he's got to become a more proficient passer. The, the offense that, that Kiffin, I believe, wants to run is is going to be a balanced offense that throws the football. They, they threw it at Florida Atlantic. They threw it at Alabama. I mean, they it got away from what Nick Saban had traditionally done at Alabama. Yeah, they when he had uh, uh, 
Sims at quarterback and and Derrick Henry in the backfield. I, maybe I have some names wrong at this point. They they ran the football, but man, they they like to open it up and throw it. He's he's going to want to throw the football, and I just this is not about John Rice Plumley, who is a fantastic kid. And and if you tell me that he just competes his way to the job, I buy it. But I have to believe that that Lane Kiffin would would prefer a more proficient passer. Absolutely, and I don't think that's in any way a slight at Plumley, and I don't think that's not what you're saying, and that's not what Lane Kiffin would be saying. And look, I I think in a perfect world, they get JT Daniels to transfer at Ole Miss, and they have him and Matt Corral battle it out. There's going to be some attrition in that room, and then you have John Rice Plumley doing some kind of Christian McCaffrey, Julian Edelman impression, and you just have all your best athletes on the field. I mean we we've speculated on it plenty i'm sure people on the board have i mean imagine the absolute mismatch nightmare of people having to guard elijah moore and john rice plumley in the slot now look i'm not saying he's gonna immediately transition to being a power five wide receiver but give him some time to work at it and just natural athletic ability just that kind of just get the ball in his hands type player is somebody that you need on the field and i think that that was that would be what Lane Kiffin would, would love for him to just say, hey, coach, I'll go do what you need me to do. I get it. It's a business. You want to win right away, and I'm not your guy. No big deal. Whatever. But, you know, who knows? I don't know if that's going to happen, but, yeah, I 100% agree. He, That's not his type of quarterback. That's not the skill set that he would prefer at that position. Yeah, he, I just yeah. That's there's no other way to say it. So I, whether it's Daniels or a quarterback like Daniels, I think the one thing that you can absolutely take out of this is that they're not done shopping. They offered a 2022 four star quarterback yesterday or today. There, uh, I saw that on Twitter just a minute ago. I, I don't have it in front of me, so don't ask me to name the name. Um, but he's got a great name, Nico Martial. All right, is a great name. That's a, that's a really good name. He's a, is, is he a yeah. is he a California kid or is he Utah or somewhere? He's uh, from Arizona. Arizona, I was close. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. They're, they're very clearly still shopping for quarterbacks, and they're not going to stop shopping for quarterbacks. And JT Daniels is not a grad transfer. He's a three-year guy, and so it just makes sense. Now, whether he would want to come play in the SEC, I have no idea. Uh, like you said, I mean, he's, he's from the West Coast. Traditionally, those guys stay on the West Coast. Um you know, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, it, Kiffin's got a name on the. He's got name value on the West Coast because of his USC ties, and uh, maybe that's enough to get them into the conversation. I'm sure Daniels has a uh, absolute load of of opportunities in front of him. So we'll see. But it it's it is worth noting that Kiffin hit the tweet button. No doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's talk some basketball recruiting. I thought. About a week ago, uh, Ole Miss had a real shot at Landers Nolly. Uh, I think they did. I think they ended up third. There was a time when I think they were first or second with with Georgia. Memphis got involved, and, and he he signed with Memphis. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say it's a blow it's to, to a program. Uh, you know, you you can't lose something you didn't have. He would have been uh-huh. a he would have been a difference maker. I still wonder if this roster, as put together, number one, they're overloaded. They've got to get rid of some guys. Uh, number two, I, I do wonder if this roster is still missing a scorer. I, I I agree with you there because it's putting 
a lot of pressure on Jarkel Joyner to come in and score. It's putting a lot of pressure on a true freshman like Matthew Morrell to come in and score. Um, you still got the unknown of Sean Robinson. What is he going to give you after a redshirt year? Is he is he going to be ready to contribute? You know, eight and you know double digit re- rebounds every night, or is is he going to still be swimming? There's a lot of unknowns, but it, it's certainly interesting because you're losing Brian Tyree, who had arguably one of the best regular seasons that any Ole Miss basketball player has ever had. Um, so losing that, and then Devontae Shuler is coming back after a, um, and I think Devontae would tell you it was a below his expectations type season. So he's going to be hungry to score, but Shuler is not a guy that's going to, you know, be scoring 15 to 20 points a game every night. So, um, they added Demencio Vaughn, Robert Allen. They're not big time scorers. They're going to get you, you know, 12 to 15 points a night. Uh, it's, so I, I don't know if they're going to try to go find a guard, if they're going to try to find a forward. Um, the board has been reshuffled a little bit because, like you said, I think they had a shot at Nolly and then some things happened over the weekend. I think uh, Jalen Green going the G League route really affected things. There was a domino effect there. They're going to have to really kind of take a look in the mirror here, in my opinion, and say, okay, are we happy with what we have? Are we happy with this roster? Or do we need to go find someone else that can – that could score for us because it's putting a ton of pressure on a guy that had to sit out last year because of a transfer rule. And then a true freshman that is coming in, um, you, you know, now <laughs> Neil, one could argue that maybe Matthew Morrell is, is used to college life because going to IMG is essentially like being in college. You're living in a dorm, playing a national schedule, you're traveling, I still think it's way too much to put on an 18, 19-year-old coming in playing SEC basketball that all of a sudden is easily a top three league in the country. Yeah, I'm, they have really high hopes for, for Morrell. They have really high hopes for Joyner. They have, uh, you know, I, I think to count on Devontae at this point walking in and getting 20 a night is is, is ridiculous. There's there's no indication that he's he's that type of player. Um, they need Henson to take another step. They need Buffin to take another step. And 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 again, we're we're now assuming that all of those guys are back. You know that that they're they're at least one over and maybe two over. And and I don't know that they're done. So there there's going to be a roster shakeup uh, that that goes beyond where they are today. I mean, I think you can guess on Column, and I think you can guess on Bryce Williams, and then who knows. But I go back to my point. I just think they are missing a scorer. It's where Nolly made so much sense. When when I thought they were getting Nolly, I thought, ooh, it's going to be a difference maker because he can come in, he can play the two, he can play the three, he can play the four if, if he had to, but he can shoot. He can give them points. He can give them buckets. And he lets he lets Robert Allen be a role player. He lets Domencio Vaughn be a, a third option, a fourth option, which I think is probably ideal for him. I just, I don't know, their roster uh, – their roster just it, it's it's not complete. So I'm I'm not judging it yet, but I want to see, I want to see kind of what it looks like when they finish it. I know they wanted to get older. They've done that. They wanted to get tougher. They've done that. But someone's got to replace those points, and and maybe it's maybe it's Morrell and maybe it's Joiner and maybe it's some combination thereof. But I'm like you. I it's a lot of pressure to put on a on a on a freshman coming in, and then 
you know, I know what they said about Jarkel. There were times when he was the best player on, on the floor in practice, and, and that's a good sign. But I still, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not skeptical about him. I'm cheering for him. He's an Oxford kid, uh, you know, all that stuff. My kids go to Oxford, so it would be fun. But at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of trying to be a realist here. He he at at, at ba- it's not like he was going for forty a night at Bakersfield. So you know to expect him to walk into an SEC building and 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 get twenty one a night that that feels like too much. Now that we that we're talking about it, Kermit Kermit might need to be a little careful the way he keeps talking about uh the way he keeps talking about Joiner because um, he said it repeatedly that there were times in practice when he was their best player. Uh, now look, it's, it's power five basketball. This is a, you know, dog eat dog world out there. So if you can't handle the pressure, you know, you're, you're not going to be successful either way, but you know, he has been adamant that Joyner is a guy that can come in and play immediately. Um, yeah, he's not going to, you know, he's not going to, you know, pull a Gerald glass and, and fill it up 50 plus a game. Um, now I will say if you're bored during quarantine, you want to go over to YouTube and type in Jarkel Joiner Oxford. You can uh, you can have some fun watching his high school highlights. They're, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> they're ridiculous, but for sure. And and listen, I'm not defending Andy Kennedy here or or uh, other coaches in the league, but it's not like they didn't scout him. Now, is uh-huh. is it possible they missed? Absolutely, absolutely, it's possible. But. Here's, People miss all the time. Here's my question about the Ole Miss staff, and I'm, I'm and this is not about the people. This is not even about the coaches, because I, I don't know whether it's just a resource thing. There is there is a, a a narrative that's out there, and I don't know that it's valid, but I don't know that it's not. Okay. Okay. They were at Middle Tennessee for a long time, that staff, and they had a tremendous amount of success there. And there is a narrative of, hey. Can you recruit at Ole Miss the exact same way that you recruited at Middle Tennessee and get it done? And I don't know that that's what they're trying to do, and I don't know that it's not. I think you'd have to have a really in-depth conversation with Kermit about it, and he might get a little frustrated at the, at the line of questioning, and quite frankly, that might be valid and, and might be justified, I should say. But I do think it's it's legitimate to, to have that conversation at some point. Can you, can you win at this level – in this league where there's a lot of talent when you are recruiting kind of at the mid three star level a lot. And I don't and I don't know the answer to that. I, I don't. I mean now Morell is a high four star player, a big time get. Um Hadim C was a, a highly recruited player. Uh Devontae also Crowley. Yeah. Crowley is, is 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 a kid that I think was going to do big things last year and they got sick. Uh, you know, he, he got mono, and anybody who's ever had mono knows that it just wipes you out. And and uh, he lost weight, and he lost energy, and I don't know. It's hard to recover from that in the middle of a basketball mm-hmm. season. Um, you know, it, there, there, there's still there's still a lot of there's a lot of positives in the program too. Don't get me wrong; it's more positive than negative. At some point, I do think you got to be able to break through in recruiting. And Andy struggled to do it, and. Uh, Kermit has done it with Morrell. He got close with Breakfield. That they didn't catch any breaks there. Pardon the pun, uh, but you know it's it's just I think that's what people watch. I think the people look at the recruiting at, at Texas A and M, at Alabama, at Auburn, at Arkansas, at LSU, and they say, hey, to beat those people, not even to mention Kentucky and and Florida, to beat those people, you you've got to recruit a higher caliber of player. And I'm going to be honest, I agree. 
I do. I think mm-hmm. to do it day in and day out, week in and week out, night in and night out, you got to be able to get a higher caliber of recruit. And I don't know that it, I, I, yet where I and I, I always come across as defending the coaches in these in, at Ole Miss with foot basketball program. I always got accused of this at, with with Andy, and I, and I'm already starting to get it a little bit with Kermit. I know they're recruiting those kids, but if at some point if you see in the recruiting process you can't get them, you do have to move on. There are only so many hours in the day. There's only so many, you, you you've got to use your resources appropriately. Now they they're going after some highly ranked kids. At some point, you know you 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 have to get them. I get it, but. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of rambling on this because to me, it's a really complicated topic. And, and there's a lot of people that are like, hey, you know, this staff came from Middle Tennessee and they're trying to they're trying to recruit at Ole Miss, the exact same kid that they recruited at Middle Tennessee, and it won't work. And I don't think it's that simple. Yet, I do think there's a tendency probably when you are a coach that there's a comfort zone that you get in. And, uh, and it worked at Middle. They were really good at Middle. And, and, and so, you know, you're, you're attracted to those kinds of players. And maybe it's because those are the guys you can get. I, I don't – I know I'm really rambling on this. I just think it's a complicated deal. Well, and another thing that's – the pandemic has just thrown everybody for a loop for everything. And when you were talking with Ronnie Hamilton on the, on the podcast, he – you know, y'all talked about this exact topic where – as far as recruiting, do you do you try to find a fix-it-now type transfer or do you wait for the next cycle and try to be a little picky and, and get your guy? You know, do you, do you want to get, you know, I don't want to say desperate, but just like, you know, we got to get somebody right now for the 2020-2021 season, you know, that we don't even, you know, that's kind of up in the air. I know that's a long way away, but, you know, who knows what's going to happen between now and then? Like, are you even going to have a season? So is it worth using a scholarship and having to, you know, take on more attrition on your roster. You know, it's, it's, there's a lot of unknowns that really is just another added variable to this whole situation. And the transfer portal is just so prominent now in every college sport, you know, primarily the big three, you know, mostly football, basketball. It's such a, there's so many players. I, I can't remember the number, but, um, you know they're they're kind of keeping track of how many players are in it, and it's you know in the I think almost in the eight hundreds by now. But um, but yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the thing, and you know maybe some little bit of breaking news here on the pod. But Corey Evans of Rivals dot com uh, tweeted out uh, DeAndre Williams, uh, Houston Texas native, played at Evansville. He is in the transfer portal, and um, he has had in the past twenty four hours. Ole Miss is one of them. Also, Arkansas, Arizona State, Baylor, Creighton, Georgetown, Georgia, Illinois, Maryland, Memphis, Mississippi State, Missouri, Oklahoma, San Diego State have all reached out to him. Um, so they're still kicking the tires and trying to figure out <laughs> that's, to find another score. <laughs> that's what's amazing to me is is every time a guy gets in the portal, it's like he within within 24 hours he's heard from 20 programs. It. It tells you what it tells you as a as a college basketball fan. If you're out there and you're feeling a little frustrated, is that uh, everybody is there are so many programs in the same boat, and there's so much stuff. And Ronnie and I talked about this. You you heard it. You find out in 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 this deal. You know you might find out that you didn't you have a problem with a kid that you didn't know you had a problem with, and you also might find out that 
uh, hey, there's a kid that became available that you had no idea he would become available, and and you throw mm-hmm. in you throw in all the uncertainty with the pandemic and all of that stuff as we as as it goes along, and I mean, hell, who knows? I mean, you, you could end up you could end up with a completely different caliber of of player that becomes available, and you have to act quickly, and that creates a spot. I mean, I don't know. It just it's uh it's it's interesting times. I'll I'll tell you this as we wrap up basketball. I, I don't think I don't think I don't think they're done necessarily. And and if they're done, I don't think it's because they they wanted to be done. I, th- I think they still uh, I think they still mm-hmm. want to to get another. Like we said, I think they want to get another uh, another veteran on that team. Uh, real quick before we wrap up, I want to tell you this podcast also brought to you by LB's Meat Market. It's right across the street from Kroger in Oxford, two thousand eight University Avenue in Oxford. I know that uh, Zach's a big fan of LB's. I am too. Six six two two five nine two nine nine nine. You can call that number if you are. Uh, little antsy about coronavirus and all that stuff and you don't want to go in it's cool uh you can call that number tell greg what you want he'll have it all ordered up you can pay uh with your credit card right there on the phone and you can uh, pull in and he can slip it in the back of your car and you can uh, get back out on your way with uh, very little human interaction if you want to go in you can do that too they've got great selection chicken beef pork um the denver steak um pretty much everything salmon uh redfish tuna that fresh fish every thursday that gets delivered there to uh to lb's they've been great uh supporters of our network of podcasts so when you're in oxford uh go to lb's in 662-259-2999 we're also brought to you by the refrigeration company trc owned and operated by jeremy watler he's been in the refrigeration field for more than 20 years including three I'm sorry, including five as a national service manager at TRC. They understand that great service means being responsive. They're highly trained, responsible, dedicated staff are available 24-7 to ensure your complete satisfaction. They specialize in ammonia refrigeration but work on any other HFC, HCFC, or CO2 systems. They're building winning relationships with customers in baking, cold storage warehouses, ice production facilities, and facilities serving dairy, food, poultry, and catfish processing. They're based in Alabama, but they're licensed in Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee, and South Carolina as well. They can handle all your company's refrigeration needs, including installation, fabrication, service, compressor rebuilds, ammonia detection, calibration, vibration analysis, and more. To learn more, call Jeremy Wattler, 251-348-8533, or email him at jeremy at com. You can follow them on uh, Facebook at uh, TRC and at their website at therefridgeco.com. Also brought to you by Elite Dental Care with offices throughout West Tennessee. In Germantown, Jackson, and Trenton, Elite Dental Care has five doctors, more than 75 years of combined experience. And uh, with their different areas of expertise, the doctors at Elite Dental Care offer convenience along with the latest in technology. There's family practice. The whole family can be seen no matter age or severity of problems. Elite Dental Care focuses on staying up to date with all the latest technology including intraoral cameras, digital x-rays and impressions, 3D x-rays and more, TVs and radios in every room, giving uh, patients the comforts of home, all while they receive the most modern technological treatment. Elite Dental Care offers conscious sedation, IV sedation for patients that are anxious or scared or for those that might not be fearful but just have a lot of work to do and can't afford to take time off work for multiple visits. With sedation, Elite Dental Care is able to get much more work done in one visit, which ultimately saves the patient time and money. So if you're looking for a dentist in uh, West Tennessee or the Memphis area, call Dr. Mark Harper, Dr. Clint Buchanan, Dr. Mike Farah uh, at Elite Dental Care. It's EliteDentalCare.com. You can follow them 
on Facebook and or Instagram. All right, we got about five minutes here, Zach. Um, I challenge. I challenged your uh, completely unfair dream team, and uh, at first I thought we have no chance. The more I think about it, the more I kind of think my team's got a shot against your boys because your boys, you got you got some really ball dependent dudes on your team. You got Jordan, you got Kobe, so you don't have a true point guard. You got LeBron who needs the ball. You got Shaq who wants the ball, demands the ball, and who was your other cat? Uh. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's going to be terrified of all those dudes, and he's going to be like a wallflower. Plus, I don't. Can he even speak English? Uh, Very little, and so Jordan's going to embarrass. Jordan's going to make him feel bad. Yeah. Meanwhile, I've got I've got the greatest. Taking so long, Giannis. I've got the greatest six nine six ten point guard in 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 history. A player who was so good his rookie year. That when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar got hurt, he just goes, hey, no big deal. I'll go play center, game six of the NBA Finals, and win a title. Ain't no big deal. And that's what he did. I mean, so I got Magic. I got Larry, who's a dog. Larry's going to hurt Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's going to embarrass him. He's going to make him feel bad. Uh, I'm better than you at, uh, at point guard because I get Tim Duncan. And frankly, I'm better than you, and maybe significantly so, at center with Hakeem. Now, my weak spot, my weak spot, is at the two guard, and I thought about a lot of different things. I even thought about cheating a little bit and going with Kevin Durant at the two because that would give me some more options, and he would be able to score over anybody, and we would have a real size advantage over you guys. Ultimately, I decided I'd be true to the system, even though you cheated because you don't, you have two two guards and no point guard. Um, I went with Dwayne Wade, who is so much better than people remember him for being. I almost went with Reggie Miller, but I was worried about him on the defensive end because he'd have to guard Kobe or, or Jordan. I went with Wade, and I actually I actually think my team's got a shot. People forget that Reggie was almost on the same team as Michael Jordan. If the Pacers don't trade that second pick. Oh, I did, for, now, I, I did now forget I about that. They, Can you imagine? Yeah, now now obviously I don't know if they're going to take Reggie with the two with the number two overall pick, but I mean they could have. And then, um, anyway, I, look, I okay, no quote unquote true point guard, but I mean honestly, let's be real: Michael Jordan, Kobe, and LeBron are all three capable of playing point guard. Yeah, LeBron's going to um, have to be your point guard. Yeah, and look, you 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 reference Magic. I think LeBron is essentially this generation's Magic Johnson. He can play all five positions if he needs to. Uh, the only guy to you know battle back from three games down to win a national uh, uh, an NBA title. I mean, the we, we talked about it on our show a couple weeks ago with the moments in sports that we remember that that chase down block in the finals in Game Seven is still something that just gives me absolute goosebumps. But that game was on the other night. It was an epic fourth quarter. It really was. It was. It, I mean, I don't think we. I, I, it's one of those deals that, you, as you watch it replayed, you go, "Oh my God, what a great game that was!" I and, was still and, so bitter from the Thunder losing <laughs> that I couldn't watch it, and now, yeah. now that I'm separated a few years, I can watch it and go, "Oh my God, that was that was epic." So here's how I looked at my my five, and so I I I essentially have my backcourt is are, are two assassins. Yeah. Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, yeah. two of the most fiercely competitive, absolute cold-blooded guys to ever play in the league. I've got two just physical freaks in LeBron and Giannis who are big but can 
play essentially like a guard. And then I've got Shaq, who you can make an argument is the most dominant player ever next to somebody like Wilt or Kareem. So, and I told somebody this the other day, I said, look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to run the dribble drive motion offense that John Calipari runs. And so it's going to be a lot of putting the ball on the floor, getting to the rack, and you either going, you're either going to stop somebody from scoring and try to defend a lob, or you're going to try to have someone man up one on one and try to get in, try to try to keep Michael Jordan in front of you, try to keep LeBron in front of you. If you can, great. Well, we're just going to dump it to Shaq, and he's going to dunk all over somebody. Um, now, this is such a fun exercise, Neil, because the more I talked about it with more and more people, there have been so many phenomenal NBA players. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I didn't have Larry Bird on my team. I didn't have Magic Johnson. I didn't have Tim Duncan. I didn't have John Stockton. I didn't have Carl Malone. I didn't have Charles a Barkley. Oscar Rob- Charles Barkley is one of the most underappreciated guys in the league ever. Yeah. Um, I didn't have Oscar Robertson Wilt on this team. Yeah, I mean, Wilt is probably... I, I just think decided to go with people from my era that I could, yeah, you know... That's what I did, and, you know, Jordan's arguably the greatest player ever. Kobe is one of the most clutch players of all time. LeBron is this generation's um, MJ-type guy who is just larger than life. Um, Shaq, at his in his prime, absolutely unstoppable. 7'1", 330 pounds. There's no way anybody's getting in the way of that. Here's, here's, how, put, you, here's how you can know how good Hakeem Olajuwon was. Hakeem Olajuwon got taken before Michael Jordan, and no one has ever criticized the Rockets for it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, think about that. that I mean, you know, if, if he crazy. was, if if he didn't live up to it, man, it, it's both the Rockets and Portland are hating the which hell is, out of this this documentary right now. <laughs> which is funny because everybody, you know, loves to pile on Sam Bowie, and and that's just, man, if you've never seen that thirty for thirty or read anything on yeah. Sam Bowie, that's just so sad, man. I mean, yep. the, the guy had just nagging injury after nagging injury surgery didn't take he had to you know they had to retreat everything and he was still a dominant college player they yeah. kentucky still retired his jersey he was that's a, how good he was he was a phenomenal college player and i uh-huh. told I'll, I'll finish with this i told carson and i almost put this player in 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 our exercise because i think it would have made for a great conversation piece we'll do it another time because i gotta go but mm-hmm. the one player in college during uh michael jordan's era that i thought um, is is potentially as good as Jordan was Lenny Bias, and mm-hmm. I, I would love to have seen what would have happened had Lenny Bias obviously lived and and played in the NBA and been on that Celtics team with McHale oh, and and Jordan. I mean, you know, you, it, it makes you wonder: Does would he have delayed Jordan's ascension? Would he have stopped the Pistons from ever even having their era? It's it's uh would he have extended Boston's window? You know what I mean? I mean, just it's remarkable. Neil, he was so think, great. If you think about that, the Celtics could have had a starting five of all Hall of Famers. Oh, I know. Yeah, I mean, Bird, Parrish, McHale, Ainge, and Lenny Bias. Yeah, and, and still have Dennis Johnson and and some of those. It just yeah, it would have been and Bill Walton, <laughs> and, and older Bill Walton coming off your bench. I mean, it would have yeah. been it would have been really remarkable stuff. It was just one of the. Really one of the great tragedies of sports. All right, we're going to stop there. Appreciate uh, appreciate your time today, Zach. We'll be back with another edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxy. Don't forget, deadsoxy.com. You can get socks as low as $6. If you've never ordered them before, you've never experienced them, now would be the time. Go get a pair. You're supporting them. You're supporting us, and you'll absolutely love the product. So for Zach, I'm Neil. Until next time, take hey, care. Hey, Neil.